Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, that's me, ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Have you ever covered a carpet stain with a rug? Ignored a leaky faucet? Pretended your half-painted living room is supposed to look like that? Well, you're not alone. We've all got unfinished home projects. But there's an easier way. When you download Thumbtack, it's easier to care for your home from top to bottom. Pull out your phone and in just a few steps, you can search, chat, and book highly rated pros right in your neighborhood. Plus, you'll know what to tackle next because Thumbtack is the app that shows you what to do, who to hire, and when. So say goodbye to all those unfinished home projects and say hello to caring for your home the easier way. Download Thumbtack and start a project today. This episode of Travel Today with Peter Greenberg is brought to you by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio information and entertainment. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial. It's time for Peter Greenberg Worldwide with America's number one travel news journalist. And now, the man who travels over 400,000 miles each year, your travel detective, Peter Greenberg. Hi, everybody. Peter Greenberg here, and welcome to the podcast that's done from a different location around the world every single week. One day Canada, the next day Thailand, then New York, London. You just never know. This week, we come to you from, we're in Orlando. That's right but at the Waldorf Astoria, Orlando. My next guest and I have known each other in the interest of full disclosure too long. Does that work? (laughs) Yes. Okay, good. We've known each other from Four Seasons days to South Carolina days, and now back here to... uh, Georgia. Yeah, and then then Orlando. And, uh, you know, Manny Belletta... You run the Bull and Bear. In fact, we're actually sitting in the restaurant right now because that's where we're holed up here for, for, to do the show. Why a Waldorf Astoria in Orlando? It, 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 I, I get branding, but I mean, why here? That's a question I asked when they asked me to come here. But, you know, being the number one tourist destination in the world, Orlando has its fair share of people that come from all over the world. Because of that, we tried to combine luxury as well as the elegance, as well as the fun of Disney. You know, it's interesting because when Orlando really started putting itself on the map, and I go back to like 1971 because that's when they actually started Disney World, uh, you, know, you take a look and you realize that it was all considered low-yield leisure traffic. Mm-hmm. And it was like families going to, be, you know, going to see Mickey and Donald and yeah. Goofy and everybody else. And everything sort of built up around that level, but there was no luxury. Yeah. And then you had the Ritz-Carlton opening up in Grand mm-hmm. Lakes, right? And what was interesting about that is they opened up next to a JW Marriott, which was very interesting. How are they going to pull that off? And then you guys did the exact same thing here with Hilton next to Waldorf. Well, maybe it works. Guess what? It does. People, 
at a certain point, people are looking for a, an upgrade. Yes. Right? Yes, absolutely. And now we have four seasons. Yep. So, I mean, there is luxury coming into the Orlando market, which never was really here before. Yeah, it's growing fast. It's growing fast. I've been here now going on my fifth year. And one of the dynamics I've seen here, and it's quite interesting than any other place I've been, is the amount of people that come from different parts of the world. As you know, all the places I worked, the major cities, the people that came were just from the power cities, what I call, you know, Paris, London, what have you. Here we get people from all of, all parts of the world. In Bull and Bear Restaurant, in the three years I've been here, I've talked to people from 58 different countries. And we kind of Did tried. they understand you? <laughs> <laughs> well, was, thank God they speak English. Okay. <laughs> But I mean, interestingly enough, if you, if you just landed at the Orlando airport, and we're, we're going to be talking to the guy who runs it a little later on the show, but if you just landed at the Orlando airport, you would think it's just Disney and yeah. a little bit of Universal, you know, yeah. and, and they're all there dragging their kids, and, and, mm -hmm. and yet people want the upscale experience. Yes. And now, let's talk about the bull and bear, because if, I mean, I go back to the days, and when I was at Newsweek, and, and, and as a correspondent for Newsweek, we kept a block of rooms at two hotels in New York. The Barclay, which is now the Intercontinental, okay. and the Waldorf. And they're they were next to each other. I mean, there they are on 49th and, and Lexington and 49th and Park. And if you wanted to have lunch or dinner, especially lunch in those days, it was Bull and Bear because yes. that's where the deals got made, right? Yes. Now, here we are in a leisure market in Orlando, and you're mm. running the Bull and Bear down here. How is this Bull and Bear different? Because when I... Grew up, I mean, you, that was the power lunch place. It, yeah. was, it was 21 with the Four Seasons, Bull and Bear, right? Mm -hmm. Those yes. Are, right. Bull and Bear in Orlando? I have to ask the same question. Good question. We're not open for lunch. Let me yeah. clarify. Different than the one in New York. Being the little brother of the one when we came here, our focus had to change as we're who are going to be our clients. And what we decided to do is, you know, find cuisine. When I say fine cuisine, top quality products, our steaks, we get the highest end steaks we can possibly get, and then get also concentrate on some seafood. And who's your clientele? Everybody. I wish I could, you know, you can't clarify <laughs> it. You know, it's mostly we have done a very good job with our locals, our Fridays and Saturdays. So you get a lot we, of local crowds. Yeah, we have a 65% local ratio. If we, you know, one of the things we did here is we wanted to, we had three simple principles as we followed, you know, get on the guest agenda, build a relationship, and gratitude reciprocates. Follow those three components of what we did is we have a great relationship with our locals, and some of our guests now keep coming back and back even right. from all parts of the world. Okay, how many first dates here? Wow, I can't even count. <laughs> I can't even count. We've had, a, you know, it's like, it's one of those destination restaurants now, Peter, that where we have, you know, we've had proposals, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately we've had a final meal. You know, somebody would requested their final meal to be here. Oh, wow. And there's some high emotions that come in here from, bo from both aspects. Well, look, it's just as long as you request the final meal, and it's not a surprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got to put that in perspective. Put you know? that in perspective, for sure, for <laughs> surprise, sure. Surprise. You know? Yeah. You know, it's been a touching place. Where are the wagons? The wagon is too slow. Can't you ride? It's not that he can't ride. How is it you put it home? They're dangerous at both ends and crafty in the middle. Why would I want anything with a mind of its own bobbing about between my legs? At every, every opportunity, we talk about where you can volunteer to help people out in need all over the world. Uh, we know what's going on in Nepal. Uh, two devastating earthquakes over a period of three weeks. They need all the help they can get. 
Uh, that's also on our website. But people like UNICEF and Operation USA and AmeriCares, they need your help. They need your donations. They don't need your personal presence. This is not a time for you to show up. After the first responders leave, that's when you show up, whether it's in Nepal or Nebraska, uh, whether it's in India or Indianapolis. Um, and we have a list on our website of all those great organizations doing all that hard and essential work all around the world. We also like to localize the opportunities wherever we travel, and Orlando is no exception. There's an organization based right here called Clean the World. Uh, they're a nonprofit that collects and recycles soap and hygiene products that are discarded every day by the hotel industry. And they then redistribute these and other donated products to the people who need it the most to prevent millions of hygiene-related deaths each year. It really does reduce the morbidity rate. And how do you help? You can help right here in Orlando six days a week if you want, or even a couple hours anytime you come to help sort out all the products and then learn more about how you can save lives through redistribution of all these products. And by the way, kids over the age of eight can come so they get to bring you. Want more information? Go to cleantheworld.org or to our website, petergreenberg.com. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about today with our next guest because his airport's in the news a lot. It used to be in the news only because people came here to see Mickey. Uh, I remember when Delta Airlines was the official airline of Walt Disney World. Well, those days are over. I think every airline is the official airline of Walt Disney World. However, it's an, air, it's an airport that's uh, really growing and growing in ways that might necessarily be a surprise to you. His name is Phil Brown. He runs it. How are you, Phil? Great. How are you, Peter? Good afternoon. I'm, I'm fine. You know, uh, I remember when Orlando was, you know, a, a much smaller airport, uh, and you had lots of extra gate space and, uh, you know, two different terminals. Uh, you're, you're growing, aren't you? Yes, sir. We're we're approaching 38 million passengers a year. That's what we expect by the end of this year. And if they're not wearing the uh, the Harry Potter shirt, they're wearing the Mickey Mouse shirt. But beyond that, uh, where, where I see you having inter interesting growth is internationally. Yes, sir. Uh, internationally, it's about 12.5% of our total traffic. That's up from a few years ago when it was 10%. That translates to about 4.5 million international passengers a year. And... You know, in the battle, and I'm sure you're you're part of it, you have to be, even if it's not a direct uh, part of it, in the battle that the U.S. airlines are waging against the Gulf carriers about the, saying that they're at an unfair disadvantage because they're getting subsidies, uh, where are the Gulf carriers announcing they're flying? To, what's, to what gateway cities in the U.S.? Gee, what a surprise. Orlando, right? You've got, you've got Emirates coming in. Uh, I, think, I think Qatar wants in, right? Uh, Emirates is... Uh starting on september 1st cutter i believe is starting in miami if they haven't already started they're part of the one world alliance with american right so they're coming in um and you're getting good loads i mean i mean when you think about i remember trying to fly internationally out of orlando a couple of years ago it was not easy to do unless you no, were a charter not. unless you were a charter flight right and that's where we started with char a lot of airports do that but uh, we've Spent a lot of time and effort trying to improve the experience for international travelers. How do you how, how have you done that? Because I remember, and, and this is not just an airport issue; it's a TSA issue. Uh, you know, I kept on thinking, "Wow, when are they going to put pre-check into Orlando?" This is when they first started, and they didn't do it right away. Um, you know, they didn't think that 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 you know frequent flyers came to Orlando. They only thought families came to visit Mickey, it, and you had extremely long lines at that point. You you remember that, don't you, Phil? 
Yes, we do. And <laughs> we've worked very closely with TSA. We have pre-check, uh, expanded the pre-check lines. Uh, we've actually got an enrollment office on the airport for those that want to, after you enroll online, come for your interview. You can get it done right here at Orlando International Airport. We've also spent funds on expediting the, the folks that come through Customs and Immigration. We spent $500,000 developing kiosks for um, passengers that that uh, were not uh, that were visa waiver countries, the uh, UK, Chile, Germany, et cetera. And now we're we're trying to expand that so we can encompass the rest of the world, and that now, just allows for faster processing. Well, let's talk about the faster processing for the for just a regular passenger. Going through security lines on domestic flights in Orlando, uh, have you been able to reduce the wait times? Yes. I mean, our average wait times over the holidays were about uh, 8 to 10 minutes. Oh, that's not bad, considering considering the volume of traffic you've got. Right. Um, but there have been some programs that we've worked with TSA, a uh, program called Managed Inclusion, which uh, is part of their risk-based scenario where they evaluate based on risk and uh, uh we think it's it's a very effective program, and it meets all the requirements to make make sure we still have uh, uh, sufficient and adequate and security. Well, based on a risk-based scenario, I don't think they'd let me in the airport. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another story. Hey, let's talk about another airline that I think is is making great inroads, and once again, a controversial airline, uh, Norwegian. Uh, here's an airline that that um, is flying brand new equipment. They're flying all Dreamliners. Their airfares are outrageously low. Uh, a friend of mine went from Los Angeles to Oslo last week on Norwegian for $280. They are a, a, a low-cost, long-haul um, carrier. They've been pretty effective. Of course, they've had some headwinds to deal with. Uh, they're flying into Orlando now, have been flying here since May, um, but they still have a certificate pending with the USDOT uh, that has been pending for more than a year now. So basically, they, they're temporarily allowed to fly here, but but nobody's actually pushed the button to tell them it's permanent. Uh, well, they have a, a permanent certificate. They're trying to consolidate all their long-haul carriers under a certificate uh, that they've gotten through the Irish government because uh, it's a member of the Irish government, is a member of the, the uh, European Union under the Open Skies Agreement with the European Union, Norwegian gets a lot more flexibility to fly around the world, uh, but that's been opposed by several U.S. airlines as well as some pilot unions. Sure, but basically what, what Norwegian is doing is they're beating us our, our, at our own game playing by our rules. I mean, and not that people just don't like it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens because he's getting good loads, um, and the fare rates are unbelievable because if, if you look at his route map, you know, he's hubbing in places like Gatwick and Oslo and Bangkok, and we just ran a fair this morning looking at, prior to you coming on the air, about how much it would cost you to fly from Orlando to Bangkok. And, of course, you're going to go through Oslo. It's about 800 bucks. That's unbelievable. It is. I mean, you can't go from Orlando to L.A. for 800 bucks some days. That's correct. <laughs> so are you seeing a whole new kind of visitor coming to Orlando now because they can afford it? Well, we're seeing a lot. Of, yeah, we are, particularly European visitors. Um, we're also seeing uh, some service from Brazil through a, a new airline, Azul, that started flying in December to to um, Orlando as well as Fort Lauderdale. It was founded by David Neelman, who is— Oh, I know. Azul, sure. Yeah. 
and they they have low cost fares, and they've they've got tremendous loads as well. Yeah, um, David Nealman, of course, was the founder of uh, of JetBlue, and then uh, went down and used the same blue color, just called it Azul, and he's flying these Embraer aircraft. Uh, but uh, normally, he wasn't flying to the United States. He's now starting to come to Florida with you guys. Yes, sir. He and he he's looking. At, he just announced uh, they were flying into Sao Paulo, and just announced uh, in December they want to start flying into Belo Horizonte, which is another Brazilian city. So all of a sudden, those folks who want to go see Mickey can come see you. Absolutely. <laughs> Branding and merchandising. All the how many? The other thing is this. You know, you cannot walk in in your airport without seeing a Disney store or a Universal store. Am I right? Come on, the truth. Disney, Universal, and SeaWorld, as well as Kennedy Space Center. Okay. Sorry, I forgot the other two guys. <laughs> I can't. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Brown, the executive director of Orlando International Airport, who promises you only a wait time of about 8 to 10 minutes when you're leaving. And that is, of course, remember, be sure to, 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 uh, to check your Disney characters at the gate. Right? Yes, sir. Thank you, Peter. <laughs> If you are sitting next to a small child or someone who is acting like a small child, please do us all a favor and put on your mask first. Audible.com has more than 150,000 titles and virtually every genre. So check it out for yourself. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial. Earlier in the show, I was talking to Manny Belletta about the whole idea of doing like this tandem hotel deal here. The Ritz-Carlton did it with the JW Marriott. The, the Waldorf Astoria has done it now with the Hilton here in Bonnet Creek and uh, in terms of the luxury travel experience in Orlando, I mean, how do you distinguish yourself? How do you brand it? And, and how do you make a difference? Well, one of the ways you do it, and by the way, it's not the most original idea, of course, is you come up with a really cool bar. Well, they have a really cool bar at the Hilton next door to the Waldorf Astoria. It's called The Myth. And Reza Karazi is, 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 the, is, is the chief bartender, if you will, right? <laughs> I'm actually the manager for The Myth Bar. And yes, of course, you the are chief the chief bartender. bartender. What are yes, you talking sir. about? Yes, of course absolutely. you are. But I mean, there are drinks. I mean, I, I, I remember going to the the Plaza Athenae in Paris, and their bar is all about the stunt drinks, right? If you order a pina colada, it comes to you on a, on a popsicle stick. It's frozen. And it's just amazing, right? That's and correct. You've got similar fun stuff here. So let's talk about that, because it's one thing to go to a wine bar. You guys are way beyond that at this point. I mean... There's, there's one drink that you have. I mean, if you look at the ingredients of the drink, for example, the ingredients are not surprising. It's the combination of the ingredients that makes the difference. That's correct. You have a drink called the Innocence. Innocence which, is Which, by actually... the way, is obviously not innocent <laughs> at all. Far from it. Yeah. So Innocence is actually uh, one of our most popular cocktails, actually number one on our list. Um, it comes uh, with uh, Cointreau Pearls. Uh, what, is, what is a Cointreau Pearl? Cointreau Pearls, we actually make them uh, on a daily basis. Uh, obviously, 
you know, its base is Cointreau. It has gold flakes, and uh, every morning our mixologist makes uh, Cointreau pearls. And um, See, every morning I have Fruit Loops. He makes Cointreau pearls. Okay, yeah, fine. That's why I make sure we're, we're on this. Okay, go ahead. And and that's pretty much it. You know, you have the champagne and the Cointreau pearls, and um, of but you course, pour the champagne over the Cointreau. Pearls. Correct. And and the bubbles will you know stick to the Cointreau pearls, and they float to the top as you're sipping on the champagne. You're you know biting into the Cointreau pearls, so they burst in your mouth, and it, you know it's a tasty flavor. I remember going to a bar in Savannah in Georgia, and I was watching them. They had, they had a glass that was the size of like a, a quart of milk. And that's how big the glass was. I said, what are you putting in there? And they, and they started telling me, they had 12 or 14 different ingredients in this one drink. And I finally said, does this drink have a name? They said, yeah, call a cab. <laughs> Yes. So that, that would be innocence as well. Probably. Well, innocence is, is a little bit safer than that. But yeah, a few innocences and then there's not much innocence going on. But then you also have to have a sense of humor about your drinks. And I like the one about called Campfire. Correct. Why? Well, you know, uh, it's all about the Bonnet Sisters. You know, back in the day, that's what they did. They sat on a campfire and, you know, they had cocktails. So what we did, we decided that we should come up with a cocktail that kind of fit, you know, how they hung out, you know, when they lived on the state here. So we named it Campfire. And so we have the marshmallow uh, that we roast. That's uh, and you make the marshmallow the... in house. Correct, correct. It's, uh, it's nothing a like an artisanal marshmallow, I say. Yes, and then and uh, Campfire's base is basically you have uh, high west whiskey, and then it's uh, flavored with uh, American marsh- whiskey. Correct, American whiskey uh, with uh, marshmallow uh, flavors and uh, chocolate bitters in. Uh, and then we just roast the marshmallows, serve it right on the side with it. So. Right. And then you call the cab. Then you call the oh, cab. Okay, Correct. fine. Just, <laughs> just double checking. And then the one that I, that I find weird is gold mine. Yes. Why? Why so weird? Tobacco-infused bourbon? You know, that catches everybody's eyes, and they hear tobacco-infused bourbon. And, you know, we just want it to be really different. You know, everybody's, different. everybody's doing different things with whiskey. And, and well, we kind of went on a tangent. We decided to... Um, infuse our whiskey with tobacco. Of course, there's not a lot of tobacco in there, you know, just enough to give it uh, a just nice Just enough to get my attention. Correct. <laughs> there's really been an explosion in, in American bourbon, hasn't there? Uh, there has been, actually. And ironically, in the past couple of years, you know, everybody's about bourbon. You know, whiskey's had an unbelievable comeback. If you go to the bar at the Soho Grand in New York, they've done their entire bar now. It's nothing but a bourbon bar. And they have, must, I think, like 100 different brand, uh, versions of the bourbon. And I didn't know there were. Correct. Correct. I mean, we are used to... Everybody's doing a distillery. Yeah, everybody's used to our typical, your your, um, Jim Beams, your Jack Daniels, your Maker's Mark, and now you're you're here. You're way beyond that. Oh, my goodness, yes. I mean, when was the last time somebody ordered a Jim Beam at your bar? You know, you don't hear a lot of that anymore. Sorry about that, that Jim Beam, but the point (laughs) is, you got Campfire, you got the uh, Innocence, and and, and you got the Gold Gold mine. Mine. My God. Okay, Razor Karazi... I'm still calling you the chief bartender. I don't care what you say. <laughs> at Myth, right here at the Hilton. Hello? Uh, this is your captain speaking. There is absolutely no cause for alarm. Get your motor running. Head out on the highway. Looking for adventure. And whatever comes our way. Let's go quickly to one email before our next guest. Here's one from Beverly Green who writes, Have you ever heard of Fly Light Classcom? 
based in San Francisco. They are offering a business class ticket on Virgin Australia from LA to Sydney for $2,180, $2,180. If you want to book it with the airline, it's twice as much. Are they a reputable company? Reviews online are really good, but I wanted an unbiased opinion from you. Well, here's the answer. Everything sounds great, but you need to protect yourself. And the way you protect yourself is you use a credit card to make the purchase within 60 days of when you want to go. Because under the federal credit law, if you buy a good or service within 60 days and it's not delivered or doesn't or, or, or it's not delivered well, you have a right to dispute the charge and the credit card company then takes the fight for you, gives you an interim credit and goes after those guys because they didn't provide what they were contractually supposed to do. Anytime any travel provider wants you to use your credit card to buy something like six months in advance or make a major deposit a year in advance, using your credit card doesn't necessarily protect you because you're outside that 60-day window. But if you can do it within the 60 days and the price is right, in this situation, I would say, Beverly, you go for it, okay? But it doesn't hurt you to find out. You can always call Virgin Australia and ask them if they deal with a website or an OTA called FlyLightClass.com. Okay, they'll tell you, and just like they'll tell you if they deal with Orbitz or Kayak or Expedia. That's how I do it, all right? You got it. Now, when you think of Orlando, with all due respect, you don't think of artisanal French pastry. It just doesn't come to mind. You think of the old days of bad Disney food, because that's what the old days of Disney food was. It was bad. They have improved it. I'm telling you, the Contemporary Resort Restaurant is excellent, by the way. But you don't think about, even in the hotels, other than, you know, bagels and cream cheese and maybe a breakfast roll, well, guess what? Times have changed. And right here at the Waldorf, Fabrice, Fabrice Benazit, who is the pastry chef here, who I've had the honor of dining with before, he always surprises me. And he's here again today with some pretty wild things, not just your regular croissants in the morning, but you've got a pretzel croissant, which is unreal. And I'm not a big bread eater, but I can I inhaled that one. That was that was good, Fabrice. But then you got some other stuff here. You, you, you and by the way, you make all this in house. Yes, right. We make all, yes. Yeah, you, you you do your own cronut. Yes. Now then I you, tried that. I have yeah. to tell you, that's a weapon. <laughs> that if they had dropped that out of a plane in 1943, World War II would have ended two years earlier. I mean, that is a bomb. Okay. But then you've got one that is that has got my eye. I'm working up for it. I'm gonna have to do extra exercise to try it. Which is your cheesecake? What? It's a cheese, it's a double cheese Danish. A double cheese? Yeah. Yes. What the hell with a with a single <laughs> cheese Danish? No. Let's go full bore to a double cheese yes. Danish. That's a that's like it's like the size of a frisbee. <laughs> we try to do a good Danish, so we try to we have a good cheesecake in house already. So we start with croissant dough because it's all about croissants. And uh, now let me ask you about the croissant dough, and I want you to tell me the truth. Yes. How much butter is in there? <laughs> the truth. I, 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 can I give you a two-word suggestion? How about this? A lot. It's a lot, yes. It's a lot. It's a lot. But we, it's a good butter, so... Where do you get the butter from? France. Ah, you see? Now, people don't realize this, but the best butter in the world comes from Brittany. Yes. It, you agree? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. The best oysters, by the way, other than the rock oysters of New Zealand, also Brittany. Yes. Okay, so you, you're flying in the, 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 the French <laughs> yes. butter, Yes. right? And that's got a slightly high caloric count, just slightly high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we've got the double cheesecake croissant. Yes. Amazing. But then you've gone a little stunt, like you have chocolate lipstick? Yes, so we, we have a new chocolate from Switzerland, and uh, we try to do, we have a chocolate bar on Friday and Saturday on the wall of side, the chocolate bar. So we have the cigar, we have the chocolate lipstick. 
Well, we'll start with the chocolate lipstick. Yes. We I have happen the... to believe that Swiss chocolate is great. I happen to believe that Belgian chocolate is even better most of the time. It's, it's, it has uh, more fat on it, the Belgian chocolate. I more fat on it. Great. Yeah. Just what I need. Okay. <laughs> I like I like both, but the sweet chocolate has more flavor. It's a little bit more sweet, okay. so it's easier to to work. With. I, I could live with it. Okay. Yes. And so you have the Swiss chocolate lipstick. Yes. But then the one that's the wild one that I'm looking at right here is the chocolate cigar. Yes. Because you serve it in a glass ashtray with what looks to be ash. Yes. It's not ash. It's not ash. It's it's meringue with some squid ink. It's some what? Squid ink. It's fish ink. You know, the, you have the fish, you have the ink sometimes with the um, octopus. Yes. So we can use that for the food. It gives you the color of the black. And oh, the ink. The ink. Yes. I got it. And so then what you do is you take the Swiss, the Swiss chocolate cigar and you dip it in the, what you think is ash, which is not really that at all. Yes. And that gives it additional flavor. And next yes, thing because you know, the, um, inside of the chocolate cigar, it's uh, organic Mexican chocolate. And it's not sweet at all. And uh, the sweetness of the ash gives you the sweetness of the dessert at the end. It's for that we, uh, we must dip on it. You've been listening to Peter Greenberg Worldwide. Catch us each week as we broadcast from a new location somewhere around the world. If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.